Hey, welcome to Geodata, a podcast about the world of geospatial and big data in general. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Geodata podcast. This episode is titled Introductions and Origins. And what I mean by that is it's just an introduction to the goals that I have for this podcast and then an introduction to me where we'll lightly go over my seven-year career in the geospatial and data engineering game, talk about my experiences, how I got into it, and lightly touch on some challenges uh, involved in that. So the overall goal of the podcast is primarily just to touch on all things happening geospatial, touch on some of the experiences that I've had in the industry and hopefully share some insight and interesting points that you all might find interesting. Um, I'll make a disclaimer and say that what this podcast is not is obviously we'll be talking about companies that I've worked at in the past um, and also a little bit on this company that I founded this year called Geoscrub. Uh, first things first, it's not a plug to advertise or push Geoscrub on anyone here. I do not have any intention to sell it to you. Um, if you have questions about, you know, how to get how to get a business started and, you know, some of the challenges and success that I found in that, I am, of course, happy to chat about it. Um, another thing with it is I'm also not going to touch on individual projects and features that have been developed in some of the companies I've worked at just primarily to avoid any intellectual property issues and it's also not my business to share that so those are some key things that I just like to make clear with this. Over the last year I started writing medium articles and sharing a bit more on LinkedIn just to sort of build that personal brand and share my own insights into you know the geospatial world and the big data world that I know. Um, I just want to throw a special credit to Daniel O'Donoghue, who has the Mapscaping podcast, who I've listened to for the last year or two. And he's primarily the biggest inspiration I have for releasing content in general. And I've considered this podcast idea uh, primarily because I thought about getting into the YouTube game, but uh, with the workload and running the business, uh, the video editing part of it was a bit of a challenge. And I just didn't quite have the capacity to tackle that overhead and getting going with that. Um, So I thought a podcast might be a good idea because talking about things is something I can do uh, relatively well. Well, hopefully you guys all share the same sentiment, but I'd like to specifically focus on a more recent episode in the Mapscaping podcast um, called Personal Branding and Geospatial where Daniel and Helena Merstoff talk about how to build your personal brand and have a presence, especially in this sort of niche that we find ourselves in. Um, And it's very applicable, not just in the geospatial world, but anybody in tech and that has sort of challenges getting out there and and sharing, sharing their experiences and putting themselves out there for the public to look at. It's not about being an influencer in any way. It's just about sharing experiences and giving some interesting points. So let's get into the primary purpose of this episode. So an introduction, my name is John. I'm a South African that lives just outside of Austin, Texas, um, which I don't think I need to say that that's in the USA because I think Texas is pretty self-explanatory. My educational background is I have a Bachelor of Science in GIS. I studied at the University of Texas A&M Corpus Christi and I have seven years now in the professional game and I've I've sort of worn many hats in this career and it's kind of made me 
exposed to a bunch of different challenges, technologies, uh, professions, and, and interacting with just an all manner of interesting people. So what does that make me at the moment? So I currently serve as a lead data engineer for a technology startup based out of New York that is mapping the global supply chain. Um, when I started my career, I walked in as a GIS application analyst and began taking this strange, very fun, entertaining route through the data science, data engineering, data analyst and full stack engineering route and it's sort of taken me on this fantastic journey through all the different avenues that you know this geospatial background can offer um, and so the i'll start chatting about where i came from and how i got to where i am today my introduction to gis is not exactly the most entertaining thing in the world maybe you might find it interesting but basically out of high school i was a kid that didn't necessarily know exactly had no clear plan on a career and my parents could clearly see that I was bouncing between ideas of what I intended to do um, after school. Some of it involved university, most of it did not. And ultimately it was decided like, okay, we'll take a bit of time, take a gap year. And then my parents presented me with the opportunity to say like, okay, well, do you want to try for a university in the United States? That might be quite entertaining. And so through a stroke of luck, um, we were put in contact with this company run by this um, woman Corinne Bennett who basically the role was to play South African students in United States universities and she did this fantastic job sort of interacting with me doing these sort of aptitude style tests and she ultimately decided or determined that a possible career choice would be in GIS. Now I didn't know really anything about GIS you know my exposure to it had maybe been a couple of pages in a high school geography textbook. And she fortunately had this contact, Dr. Gary Jeffers, who ran the Conrad Blucher Institute at Texas A&M Corpus Christi at the time. And so through that, I took the SATs, uh, shipped off to the United States, ended up in Corpus and studied GIS. When I started it, I, you know, I had limited exposure. And for the first year of university, it was mostly finding my footing in the U.S., getting a little bit of, you know, getting through the prerequisite classes and having a little bit of GIS exposure. So it was a great growing up opportunity for me there. Um, but my sort of passion or insight into GIS didn't really take place until I went to my first internship, my first summer out of college, after my first year, went back to South Africa and worked for a company there that sells technology solutions to for a bunch of different sectors. And it was a great internship. I learned a lot. Uh, I got a good insight to how like the business, you know, how businesses operate, how the internal structure of the businesses work, and also how we can actually physically apply GIS to all these different solutions and problem solve. So that really gave me a lot of good exposure. My knowledge was limited at the time. I was purely an intern, but I learned a lot from everybody there and saw real applications of GIS in the world. Uh, now, when I went back to college from that, that now the fire was lit. I was super passionate about this. Um, you kind of got to pick between two. You got to look at more like the surveying side of things or the technology and software side of things. And initially, I was sort of very entertained by the surveying side of things. Um, that was until I started doing some programming courses at the university and, you know, getting hands on with Python, processing GIS data. And I sort of realized there that I was really interested in building GIS software and the technology, specifically like how I can make this data dance and what I can make it do. So that ignited the passion there. And then for the rest of university, sort of put my focus on that, 
uh, tried a whole bunch of fun different projects, got the opportunity to work through some of the university programs. Dr. Richard Smith had uh, or still has a lab called the Spatial Query Lab. We got to work with a bunch of other GIS students and we were working on some fun, you know, geospatial projects, you know, bringing GIS to the world. And then in my final year, ended up stepping over to the Heart Research Institute, where I started working in the, with some marine biologists, uh, leveraging sort of massive data sets for the continental United States, uh, crunching that data, building automated data pipelines and watching them perform their data modeling to produce sort of analytical capabilities in marine sciences. And it was so interesting to me there. Uh, from that, I, you know, school was about, you know, I was about to graduate, started searching the job market and ended up picking up a interview at an electric utility out in Central Texas. Now this utility, I didn't really think, I wasn't expecting anything, you know, it's like, I need a job out of college, I'll take this one. Um, and ended up walking into this electric cooperative that served a big portion of central texas a really booming area with a lot of development a lot of a lot of new exciting things coming and essentially they were looking to up their geospatial game and the way that they handled data and the solutions that they could develop from it make the data work for them because they had so many large quantities of it um, and so this career afforded me the opportunity to really get hands-on with new exciting things, put put what I learned to the test and just had this really fun creative environment where we got to do a bunch of trial and error, do some fundamental geospatial tasks and just make the data work. During, you know, I worked there for four years uh, and I had a lot of fun doing it, wore a bunch of different hats, got into sort of the data science game, the visualization game and ultimately being at that point, we needed to develop how we were going to get data to these applications. And so started picking up the GIS data engineering hat and really fell in love with that, where I was, you know, building automated data pipelines, transforming the data, applying machine learning. And it was just really entertaining. And that sort of set the core foundation to my focus, which primarily has become focusing on geospatial and big data and how we can make it work for organizations. Um, this was, I, I had so much fun and learned a lot from everybody at this company, but ultimately we reached a point where I wasn't doing much GIS anymore and sort of felt the need that I wanted to go back into GIS. So I started pursuing other career options, um, got into the Amazon, you know, interview uh, process where I was, I was doing some of the tests and then had a recruiter reach out to me and said, hey, there's a startup out of New York. They map the global supply chain. They do a lot of GIS and, you know, they have a position open for a full stack engineer, but they're specifically sort of interested in someone with GIS because they're doing a lot of mapping. So I joined this company, you know, it was a modern, you know, a rigid, well-structured engineering department, very functional, a lot of people that knew a lot about writing good software. And so I was just absorbing all of this from these professionals um, while offering my geospatial expertise. And then we sort of realized that it's like, okay, well, John's obviously, very passionate about data engineering, knows a lot about GIS. And so we sort of established this data engineering sector, which I became the lead of, where it's like, okay, now we're gonna build this data infrastructure around making, taking all this, these variations of data and the supply chain information and, and turning them into actionable insights for, for customers. And that's sort of, that's where I'm at at the moment, uh, you know, with all the experiences that I got to. 
and learned a lot about the challenges that organizations face, you know, the problems with big data, how we can turn that data to be actionable, applying geospatial technology on this information and ultimately turning it into, you know, really usable solutions. Um, I was very interested, you know, in this data engineering part of things because I remember reading something that IBM had come up with where they said, you know, 85% of big data projects and organizations fail because they lack, you know, the infrastructure and and technology to transform and make the data work. And that's even more, you know, probably more applicable to the geospatial game because it's a bit of a niche. So it requires, you know, you can, as a GIS expert, you can come into that with knowledge about the geospatial game and make the data work for these GIS applications and basically pull the veil off of this complicated beast that seems to be the you know, geospatial sector, but you end up making it something very attractive and workable for corporations uh, to leverage. In this company that I'm working at at the moment, you know, I realized that there's so much data out there and there's so many use cases for it. And I find it just so entertaining that I was afforded the opportunity with this GIS background to be able to serve in this position and work with all these talented people and clients and, and solve these complicated problems. That's not to say that it's obviously been without its challenges. You know, I think all of us in the space know that we, we often run into blockers and things that are really frustrating to try to solve. But, you know, I, I take a lesson learned in the fact that in the seven years now, um, all the blockers that I face, the roadblocks and everything that I've had to overcome, you know, either solving it myself or, you know, if somebody who knows a little bit more about something than me has come in and, and provided feedback. It's just been so much growth. Um, and I often look at, you know, the geospatial space and the data space, you know, now with this AI boom that's happening and feel sometimes that I'm you like worry that you're going to fall behind. but. If you're just constantly applying yourself and experimenting with all different manner of things, you end up keeping pace and you can stay focused and you can deliver good, reliable solutions to, to the problems that uh, businesses face. When you know, leaving the safe environment of college and getting going in, in the professional game, especially with geospatial and data, I realized that it's not a perfect world. And a lot of data is bad and there's a lot of challenges introduced with how do you turn this data into something valuable. And, you know, I'm grateful for all the blockers that I ever hit and all the times that I was almost pulling my hair out of why something wouldn't run or, you know, how do I, how do I format this data the way I need to or how do I, you know, what's the best way I can visualize or build something uh, or build a piece of, of software that's able to translate this data into you know a nice easy to digest format so it's it's been a constant learning curve um i still face challenges and roadblocks today but you know each time that i get past it I, i'm just you know always satisfied and there's always a lesson learned out of it and i'm always a little bit better coming out of it so you know i, I think there's a lesson learned there for anybody that's sort of coming into the space that maybe is a bit daunted by uh, some of the technology out there, some of the data out there that, you know, once you overcome every every hurdle that you overcome, you, you just end up becoming more versed, more versatile, a bit more dynamic and able to just continually problem solve um, across the board. And the fact of the matter is, is that with a geospatial background, you're so valuable to businesses and businesses are starting to see, you know, the value that 
this technology, this profession, this data can offer. Um, but you know, you have the responsibility to you're you're the you're the person that guides that ship. You're the expert, and you know there's a lot of resources out there that can assist you get there. There's so you know the geospatial content space is brilliant. There's so many uh, good content creators out there. There's so much information, so much documentation. Honestly, like if you end up just meeting a geospatial person and chatting, or a data engineering person, something like that, and you end up chatting about it, you can you you'll just learn so much from them. And I think the biggest challenge for me um, throughout my career has been that, you know, we obviously work in this very niche environment. So we can't expect businesses and people to fully understand, you know, the, the extent or value that can be offered. And so it's been tricky. And I've noticed more recently with, you know, GeoScrub as a business is potential clients coming in uh, with a need, uh, maybe not necessarily understanding, you know, what would what would need to happen from my side of things to make that, to to accomplish it, and so it's maybe they don't necessarily see the value in paying adequate amounts of money, uh, but it's um you know I found that it's my responsibility. What I end up doing though is if you know if you can't agree on a budget because they maybe don't necessarily understand all the steps that are necessary to accomplish or solve their issue i don't you know you don't get upset about it also don't work for less than what you think you're you're worth like never ever don't settle in that regard but end up you know i i, I tend to i'll write my proposal this is what it would take for me to accomplish it and if if there's a if it's not agreed upon that you know we're both going to set both parties are satisfied to you know compensation I end up just sort of handing it over as like a learning item i'm like okay well you know just from my experience this is what would be needed to accomplish this so please feel free to like read it and like if you if you're seeking somebody else like just understand that this is probably what's going to need to happen in order for this to be accomplished um that being said though you know that's not always the case like it's not we're not going to get discouraged by stuff like that that's always the learning curve right is that we make our expectations known up front and then you know you'll always have somebody come in a business a client uh, who'll come in and, and knows the value of it or understands the value that you're um you know that that you've explained to them and will you know fairly compensate or understand you know the use cases for but again we know it's not a perfect world and we need to accept that the responsibility of that sort of geospatial and data literacy falls on your shoulders as the expert to have to uh, make it known, make it transparent and help the businesses, help the client understand the need for it and that you are the avenue in which that this can be accomplished. Um, and more often folks are very receptive to this and highly encourage this kind of discourse. So for you, don't ever get discouraged by it. Um, you know, there's a community of geospatial experts. You know, if you're a data engineer or a data person, you know, there's communities of data experts out there that you can always go and talk to. And actually, tangent, one of the more recent things I started doing this year was attending GIS happy hours, you know, uh, software, data engineering, AI uh, network meetups. And I found that it's so refreshing to talk to these individuals because you can bounce ideas off of them. You can get your own personal sanity check, but you can also learn so much and get insight into all these different projects and, you know, different applications that maybe you didn't necessarily know about or, 
you know have a have a now an interest in and it's just you know the community is great and i highly encourage getting out there and meeting people i definitely don't think that this episode needs to be much longer than it already is uh, i think we've covered all that i really wanted to cover and i'm obviously just really grateful that you're here if you hung around to this point i'm really grateful that you were here i think coming up next i'll sort of talk about the uh, organization's data hierarchy of need um, which is just you know the foundational principles in which an organization or individuals that are offering you know building solutions data solutions for clients um, have a responsibility to abide by in order to make sure that the the data that's produced and the insights that are produced are as um, as good as possible and, and just a recipe to follow to make sure that the organization is taking the responsibility to produce um, the best data solutions possible. And obviously this has so much overlap in the geospatial world and just general data, you know, data engineering, data science, data analytics, you know, even from the full stack engineering side of worlds where you're building solutions to collect and display information, to collect, store and display. Um, it's often, I think, something that gets over overlooked at the moment because it's not necessarily a very attractive process, but almost certainly it is the you know foundational principles that any organization or any individual needs to follow if they want to provide a solution that involves taking data and turning it into something actionable for a client. Um, but I'll kind of wrap it up here. You know, I hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to hear a little bit more about sort of my individual experiences, some of the challenges I faced, if you want to talk about GeoScrub, some of the open source, if you have an interest in some of the open source projects that I'm looking to start up or any of the solutions that I'm working on at the moment, I'll obviously share with you as much as I can. Always happy to talk about it. If you have any interest in, you know, what it was like to start a business, you know, what are you finding? What are the challenges that you're finding there? What are the successes you're finding there? Or if you just want to chat anything, you want to chat maps, you want to chat AI, uh, I'm always, always happy to chat anything in this realm. Um, so yeah, again, I really appreciate you all coming. Um, hopefully this wasn't looked as an opportunity for me to toot my own horn. That's not what the intention is. I definitely don't intend to talk about myself as much as I did in this one. But yeah, feel free, you know, I'll link my LinkedIn's right there. Um, I'll link Geoscrub's website where I have a contact form. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter, Foster Don. Just feel free to reach out. Thanks so much, guys.